fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are distinguished, but we are dishonored. To present to the present hour, we both hunger and thirst, and we are poorly clothed and beaten and homeless. And we labor, working with our own hands. Being reviled, we bless. Being persecuted, we endure. Being defamed, we entreat. And being made as filth of the world, the offscoring of all things until now. I do not write these things to shame you, but as my beloved children, I warn you. For though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you, imitate me. For this reason, I have sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord, who will remind you of my ways in Christ, as I teach everywhere in every church. Morning, church. It's always a joy to be in the presence of our Lord, to remember his sacrifice for us. And it's also a joy, and I thank the Lord for yet another opportunity to be here with all of you and to share from his holy word. There is this joke told about this person who was going out of station for a couple of days on work. And as he was preparing himself to go out of station on work, he wanted someone to come and stay at his place to take care of his house. So he called his best friend and he said, Hey, listen, I'm going out of station for a couple of days and would you come and stay at my place and take care of my house? Well, his friend agreed and uh, as this person went out of station, his friend came and stayed at his house. A couple of days later, this person calls up his friend to find out if everything at home is okay. So he calls up and he says, Hey, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm keeping well. well how's everything at home? Yeah, everything is going well. By the way, how's my cat doing? And he said, your cat is dead. Your cat died. Now this person, he was so distraught. He was so sad. And he said, what? How? How did my cat die? You know what? This is not how you break down a bad news. This is not how you tell bad news to people. You know, when I called you and asked you how the cat was doing, you could have started by saying, the cat is stuck on the roof. But probably a couple of days later when I called you, you could have said, I'm trying to get the cat down from the roof. And then later, when I called you, you could have said the cat slipped from the roof, fell down, and he died. That's how you break the news. So this friend understood, he nodded, he said, yeah, I get what you're trying to say. No, anyway, that's okay. By the way, how, how's, how's my granddad doing? He thought for a while and he said, granddad's stuck on the roof. <laughs> Even though the joke by me very funny, the topic about death is not very hilarious. Death is not a, a conversation starter. It is not part of our conversation that we have with our friends. And that's why today I want to talk to you about this important topic regarding death. I've titled my sermon, Till Death Do Us Part. And I'm not only talking about the phrase that we couples said on the day that we were getting married, but I want to talk about death in relation to us born-again believers. I want to talk about death in relation to our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. 
my dear church my dear friends can i ask all of us a very serious question have you ever thought about your death have you ever thought about the day when you would die have you ever thought about what would be the reaction of your family husbands have you ever spoken about death with your wives wives have you discussed about your death with your husband fathers have you ever talked about this in your family prayer at home you know if today would be the day that god would call one of us into his holy presence how many of us would actually be prepared to die because we all know that death is a surety there is nobody here who could or can escape death now why is it important for us to think about our own death because there is no point thinking about it after we have died but jokes apart why do i need to think about my death what is the portion of scripture that joel read for us talk to us about death and how do i prepare for death that will come upon me until the coming of the lord appears you know we read from first corinthians chapter 4 in our study of the book of corinthians and we are at chapter 4 verses 9 to 17 and there are three aspects about death that i want to share with you from this portion of scripture and i pray that you will give me your undivided attention let me first of all read to you verses 9 first corinthians chapter 4 and verses 9 it says for it seems to me that god has put us apostles on display at the end of the procession like men condemned to die in the arena we have been made a spectacle to the whole universe to angels as well as to men you know three aspects that i want us to think about in relation to death is this number 1 what should i think of death number 1 what should i think of death think of the example of the lord jesus christ you know in scripture there is no other better person that we can talk about other than the example of the lord jesus christ what should i think about death think about the example of the lord jesus christ now why do i use the lord jesus as an example because the lord jesus was the only person the only baby born just to die you agree with me the only objective that the lord jesus christ had in his life when he was sent into this world was he was born just to die there was nothing else that clouded his mind there was nothing else that was on his agenda there was no nothing else that was there in the desires of his heart other than fulfilling his father's will that was to go on to the cross and to die for the entire world Let me explain this to you from scriptures. In the Gospel of Matthew chapter 2, when the wise men came to meet the baby Jesus, they came to him the scripture says with gold, with incense and with myrrh. And that is not a gift that you would gift a baby because myrrh is a product that you would use for embalming a dead body. Can you imagine somebody coming to your house and gifting your newborn baby myrrh that represents death in itself? and why did the wise man do that why was that gift given because god knew that his son was sent into this world only to die god knew that his son the lord jesus jesus himself knew that he was sent into this world to die and the beauty of that is that every single day of his life he knew that he was sent he knew that he was born he knew that he was living only to walk to that cross and die for humanity fast forward luke's gospel chapter 
Joseph and Mary are puzzled. They are perplexed. Why? Because they are going around the temple and they can't find their son Jesus. They come back and they find him questioning the leaders. And when they asked, why did you do this? What did he reply? He said, didn't you know that I had to be in my, in my father's business? What was the business of his father? Was it carpentry? Oh no, that was Joseph's business. It was his business to share the gospel. It was his business to tell, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. But it was his father's business to die on the cross. That is why over and over again he tells his disciples, now the time is coming for the son of man to be handed over to the authorities, the rulers, the leaders. They will crucify him. He will die, but he will rise again. And that is why Jesus is the best example when we talk about death. Because every single day, he realized he was born just to die. You know, in the scriptures, especially in the gospels, over a hundred times, Jesus says that he is going to die. More than he talks about life, he actually in fact talks about death. Jesus tells his disciples, you know, I have longed. I have desired in my heart to participate of this bread. You know why? Because I need to do this in order to die. I need to do this so that the Son of Man will be given, so that Son of Man will have to die. Over and over again, not only in the Gospels, but in the Epistles also, Jesus through the Holy Spirit, He informs born-again believers. He informs church believers. Remember, my dear friends, we are put into this world knowing that one day you and I are going to die. But what is the significance of death to me as a born-again believer? How do I apply death of the Lord Jesus Christ into my spiritual Christian life? Let me read a verse to you. Let me read 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18. It's a, a very beautiful verse. A verse that completely connects the entire gospel message. 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 18. There it says, For Christ died for sins once for all. The righteous for the unrighteous. To bring you to God, he was put to death in the body, but made alive by the Spirit. Born again believers, my dear friends, CBF, visitors who have come today, this is what the word of God is speaking to you and to me. It says Christ died for sins once for all. What is, why does it say once and for all? Because it's talking about what happens in the Old Testament. Because in the Old Testament, every time I need to come to the temple, every time I need to bring a sacrifice, and the sacrifice that I put at the altar is for sins for a period of time. It's just for the cleansing of my mind for a short period of time. But the death of the Lord Jesus, it is once and for all. It removes sin once and for all. It, it, you know, Jesus died for the unrighteous so that they will become righteous again. Jesus died so that he could bring you and me back into the presence of God. But you look at the next verse that he says. And that's how I believe we apply the death of the Lord Jesus into my spiritual life. He says he was put to death in the body but made alive by the spirit. That means Jesus physically died on the cross of Calvary. But he was raised again by God the Father. By the work and the power of the Holy Spirit. So let me pause at this verse and let me ask all of us that important question. Have I accepted the Lord Jesus into my heart? So much so that like the Lord Jesus Christ, I too die daily in my flesh. That I too daily become alive by the work of the Holy Spirit.
Listen to me very carefully. The word of God very clearly teaches that we need to receive the Lord Jesus only once into our life. And once we are saved, once we are part of the fellowship and the church of God, we need to die daily in our flesh. Why? Because you and I are still alive in the skin. You and I are still tempted by the pleasures of this world. And every single day when we wake up, we need to die to our flesh. Can we look at that verse, my dear friends, and can we ask ourselves, do I daily die in my flesh? Do I daily live by the work of the Holy Spirit? And that is how you and I apply the death of the Lord Jesus into our spiritual lives. Can you and I say that I have died to gossip in church? Can you and I say that you and I have died to pornography in my spiritual life? Can you and I say that I have died to laziness in my spiritual life? Can you and I say that we have died to making excuses when it comes to serving God? Because if we have not died to, if we have not died to all of these things, then sin is very much still alive in our Christian life. Let us remember that Christ died for us on the cross. He died so that righteous, unrighteous believers like us could become righteous. We could be brought back into the presence of God. So what? So that through him I will also die daily in my flesh. And I will be made alive by the power of the Holy Spirit. Does my flesh still reign supreme in my, in my physical life? Or do I live? Do I speak? Do I behave? Do I make decisions? By dying daily in my flesh. What does Romans chapter 6 verse 11 say? Can we just turn to that portion of scripture? Romans chapter 6 and verse 11. Romans chapter 6 and verse 11, it says, In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Count yourself dead, my dear believers. Apostle Paul says, count yourself dead to sin. So much so that the work of sin is not prevalent in our life. And even if sin is there, I confess it. I receive the forgiveness that comes from God. I condemn that sin so much so that it is not alive. But if I am alive, I am alive only in God, in the Lord Jesus Christ, by the work of the Holy Spirit in my life. You know, when we keep these verses in our mind, you come back to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 9, the verse that we read. There it says, For it seems to me that God has put us apostles on display at the end of the procession. Like men condemned to die in the arena, we have been made a spectacle to the whole universe, to the angels as well as to men. You know, every single day, dear CBF, there is no point we wake up and we call ourselves born again believers. It is important equally for us to wake up every morning and die in our flesh. Die to our sin. Die to our habit that hinders our relationship with the Lord. Die to anything that prevents me from going, growing in the Lord Jesus Christ. Die to all my excuses for every ailment that I have in my flesh. Die to all of these things. Why? Because it says that we as apostles are on a procession. And it is a procession that, it, that leads ultimately to death. That means either I will physically die one day or even when the Lord Jesus Christ comes back, my life will be taken away from the, from the face of this world. Have you ever thought about the day that you would actually die? Have you prepared yourself? Because you do not know that when, when that day will actually come. Or are we just going with the flow of life? 
we are we are saving up building more doing only things to to en- enhance our life on this world but no you remember what jesus told the rich young fool the rich young fool had a lot of money he had a lot of he had a lot of bank balance and he said i will tear down my barns i will fill it up and when i have enough of everything i will buy a chair put the chair put my feet up on the chair i will drink i will eat and i will be merry and then the scripture says god asked him you know if your life is taken away from you who is going to get all of these things and that story closes by god saying this is what will happen to that man who is not rich towards louder it's not rich towards god god says we have been put as apostles on the procession and it is a procession that leads towards death you know what is the best part of this procession that we read in first corinthians chapter 4 verse 9 you know who leads our procession you know who walks in front of us if you turn to second corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14 Second Corinthians chapter two and verse fourteen. Can somebody read that for me loudly? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks be to God who walks in front of that procession. He is the one leading that procession, and it is through Him the fragrance of the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ goes out into this world. You know what Paul is trying to say here Paul is trying to say that if you take a flower if you smell it you will get the smell but probably if you crush the flower that's when the entire essence of that flower comes out and Paul says that you know through our lives when we taste death in our lives when we go out and share the gospel when you and I go through persecution when you and I are willing to lay down our life for the truth of the gospel it is through that moment when death comes upon us the fragrance of the knowledge the the fragrance of the knowledge of the lord jesus christ will be made known to the entire world and you know the word fragrance there has two meanings for those who are perishing it is the fragrance that gives them life sorry to those who have accepted the lord jesus christ it is the fragrance that gives them life but to those who are unbelievers who perish away it is the stench that they do not want to smell and what i want to tell all of us is that when we live our lives we either need to give that smell to believers that are there in our church or we need to become a stench for those who are perishing from this wicked world you and i can never be in between as long as we are in the church of god people need to see that aroma that allows them to grow in their knowledge of the lord jesus christ and when you and i need to go out into this world people need to hear the gospel receive otherwise they need to feel it as a stench you and i cannot live in between And remember as we just read 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 9 we as apostles are on this procession we just read that Christ is leading our procession we have been made a spectacle to the world and to the angels to the world and to the angels and to the world and to the angels who do not understand what is the gospel we need to show them what it means to be called born again believers because there are still people living in darkness outside still lost and we proclaim to be born again believers we need to be a spectacle to them we need to let them know 
that nothing comes in my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That if my boss calls me and tells me that you have a deadline to do, but if the deadline comes in between my church meetings, I will give the church meeting the first priority. Why? Because I'm a, I'm, I'm a spectacle to my boss. I need to tell my boss it's okay. Because God comes first for me. Not anything else. It's not my deadline at work. It's not pleasing my boss. It's not trying to make him happy. But anything that comes, I will give the first priority to God. I will give first priority to the church. I will give first priority to its activities. Because that's how I am. I'm a spectacle to my boss who's part of this world. And then it says the angels. Why? Did, the, did a part of the angelic host rebel, rebel against God? Yes or no? Were they banished from the presence of God? Yes or no? Will they ever get a second chance at salvation? Yes or no? Yes or no? They never will. Did man also rebel against God? Yes or no? Were we also cast away from his presence? Yes or no? But were we given a second chance? Oh yes. And angels look at us daily and they say, Jobin, I will never experience salvation. I will never know what it means to come back into the presence of God. You call yourself a born again believer? Show me by your works. That's why the angels watch us. You know, if you turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, when it talks about head coming in relation to the women, there it's also talking about the angels. Angels observe our worship. Angels are not observing to see how many women cover their head, no. But angels observe our attitude when we come to worship God. That means you and I cannot walk in on any Sunday. You and I cannot walk in just however we want to walk in. Dress up however we want to dress up. Behave however we want to behave. No! We are supposed to sit here worshipping God knowing that the angels observe our worship. Because we say, we boast that we, bo we call ourselves born again believers. And they want to see if there is any difference between us and the so called people living in this world. And it says that God has made us to become spectacles. Not only to the people of this world, but also to the angels. What should I think about death? Think about the example of the Lord Jesus Christ. Think about how every day the Lord Jesus woke up and he told himself, Lord, I know that I'm going an inch closer to the cross. I know that I'm going to die. I know I'm going to be placed. And everything that he did was with the understanding that he was going to die. If so much so is how Jesus thought of his life, what about you and what about me? Are we prepared for the day that we would die? Have we ever once spoken about what would happen to our family if we die? You know, I believe that one of the reasons why when death comes upon us, it becomes so painful is because we are not prepared. We don't think about it. But as born again believers, when we die, we have nothing to worry. Because the scripture says to be absent from the body means <laughs> to be present with the... And how many of us have the assurance? Can you please raise your hand? Praise the Lord. But every single day we need to live with that idea that I am growing closer to dying and going into the presence of the Lord. Number one, what should I think of death? Think of the example of the Lord Jesus Christ. Number two, why should I think of death? So that I would focus on the permanent and not the temporary. I would focus on the eternal, not the momentary. You look at what Apostle Paul says in verses 10 to 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 10 to 13. Can somebody read that verse for me? 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 10 to 13. 
Now you look at what Apostle Paul is trying to say over here. You think of Jesus Christ, you think of Apostle Paul, you know from verses 10 to verse 13 he's saying, now that I know that I draw close, closer to dying, he is going through all the difficulties that he goes through in his Christian life because he is not worried about the temporary, he's looking at the permanent. He's not worried about the momentary, he's looking at that which is eternal. That's why Apostle Paul in Colossians chapter 3, he says, Therefore, think of things that are not below, but therefore gaze your eyes on things that are above. Don't look on things that are temporary, but look on things that are permanent. Don't desire the things that are momentary, but desire for the things that are eternal. He says, we hunger, we become thirsty, you know, we are in rags, we are homeless, we work hard. It doesn't matter if you are persecuted. It doesn't matter if people curse us. We do all of these things because we understand that suffering is a part and parcel of living a Christian life. Now, listen very carefully to what I am trying to say here. The Lord Jesus and Apostle Paul never said that they liked suffering. They never said that. Because Jesus himself said, Lord, if it, was, if it is possible, please remove this from me. They never liked suffering, but they were willing to go through it because they knew that it was mandatory for everyone who calls themselves a born-again believer. And for the sake of the gospel, they were willing to suffer. They were willing to become weak. They were willing to become, you know, useless, homeless. Jesus himself said, when somebody asked him, where is your house? He said, the foxes have holes, the birds have nests, but even the son of man has no place to lay his head. Apostle Paul, so many times he says, I've been shipwrecked, I've, go, I've gone through this, I've been persecuted, not only from my own church members, from the outsiders as well, but I do this all for the sake of the gospel. I do this because I know that this is a part and parcel of following the Lord Jesus Christ. Why should I think of death? Because it allows me to focus on that which is permanent, not on that which is temporary. So that when I know that I'm going to die, I will not be worried about what is to happen tomorrow. Because if today was the end of my life, today was the last day that I live, my only concern is going out and sharing the gospel, is to build my brothers and sisters in the church, is to bring people to church, help strengthen someone. Because today might be the only day that I have to do all of these things. And for that sake, I am willing to suffer. I am willing to go hungry. I am willing to be thirsty, homeless, in rags. It doesn't matter to me. Why? Because I am thinking only about what I will receive when I go into the presence of our Lord. Do we dwell on that which is temporary? Or have our gaze fallen on that which is eternal and permanent? You know, when we live day to day knowing that we are coming closer to death, when we live day to day knowing that very soon we are going into the presence of our Lord, we will not become very comfortable. Because we know that time that is there in our hand is very, very short. 
So let me just take a minute to explain what happens when you and I become comfortable. What happens when you and I become complacent? What happens when you and I know that we are on our way to heaven, but there's nothing that I want to do about it? I know that I'm saved. I know I'm a part of church. I know that when I die, and then when the Lord Jesus Christ comes, I will go into His presence. But that's not enough, my dear brothers and sisters. Living a complacent life is dangerous. Because it allows our gaze to go away from that which is permanent onto the temporary. That's why you and I are running behind getting better jobs, bigger houses, more comfort, a luxurious life. We make sure that our children are more comfortable. We make sure that they study more hard. We make sure that they sit at home when we have meetings so that they prepare better for their exams, so that they become better citizens. They become more better educated. They get better jobs so that I can retire and live a good life. No. What is going to happen if we die today? Have you and I become comfortable in our jobs, in our homes, in our ministry? Have you and I become complacent? Or do we gaze on that which is permanent, eternal, not the temporary, not the momentary stuff? Have you and I become complacent? You know, the Lord through the Spirit gives, his, gives this warning against the sin of compla- being complacent in Amos chapter 6. If you just turn with me to Amos chapter 6. And look at what the Spirit of the Lord says. Amos chapter 6, verse 1 to 7. Amos chapter 6, verse 1 to 7. And as we read this verse, can each of us examine our lives to see if these sins are there in our Christian life? Woe to you who are complacent in Zion, and to you who feel secure on Mount Samaria. You notable men of the foremost nation to whom the people of Israel come, go to Kalna and look at it. Go from there to great Hamath, and then go down to Gath and Philistia. Are they better off than your two kingdoms? Is their land larger than yours? You put off the evil day and bring near a reign of terror. You lie on beds inlaid with ivory and lounge on your couches. You dine on choice lambs and fattened calves. You strum away on your harps like David and improvise on musical instruments. You drink wine by the bowlful and use the finest lotions, but you do not grieve over the ruin of Joseph. Therefore, you will be among the first to go into exile. Your feasting and lounging will end. And you know, even though this is a warning to the people of Israel, I believe that you and I can draw applications for this in our Christian life. You and I have become so fattened. You and I have become so comfortable. You and I are very happy with the small things that we do in our Christian lives. And as long as you and I fill those dots, we tick those those boxes, you and I become comfortable, complacent. But the Spirit of the Lord through Apostle Paul, he says, no, for the sake of the gospel, because I'm going to die, because that is how Jesus lived his life, I keep myself occupied. I work hard, not at the office. But I work work hard for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I work hard for the strengthening and the building of my church. First, and then comes my work. I work hard to please God, my heavenly master, and then my earthly master. I work hard, and for that I might have to become homeless. I might have to suffer. I might have to do by being physically ill. But I do all that for the sake of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you turn to Philippians chapter 4 and verse 11 to 13, Apostle Paul gives us the secret of being 
content. We know this verse very well. Philippians chapter 4, verse 11 to 13. I am not saying this because I am in need. For I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any, in, in any and every situation. Whether well fed or hungry. Whether living in plenty or in want. Verse 13, we know this verse. I can do everything through him who gives me, who gives me strength. Why should I think of death? Because it allows me to focus on that which is eternal, not on that which is momentary. It gives me the grace to not to complain when I go through problems and difficulties in my life. But it allows me the grace to press on. Because I am not looking at the things of this world, I am looking at the things that belongs to God. I am only waiting for the day when I will stand in the presence of God and I long to hear Him say those words, My good and my faithful servant. And for that reason, Apostle Paul says, I hunger, I thirst, I become homeless. I do all of these things and it doesn't matter to me. I do all of these things and because of this, I've even become the scum of this earth. It doesn't matter if I'm like anybody else in church, that I'm not materially blessed like anybody else in church. I know that I'm rich in my relationship with God. What should I think of death? Think of the example of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why should I think of death? Because it allows me to focus on that which is eternal and not, the temp- and not what is temporary. Number three, how should I think of death? How should I think of death? Become an imitator of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at what Apostle Paul says in verse 16 and 17. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 and 17. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. For this reason I am sending to you Timothy, my son, whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. He will remind you of my way of life in Christ Jesus, which agrees with what I teach everywhere in every church. How should I think of death? Become an imitator of the Lord Jesus Christ. Apostle Paul in verse 16, he says, imitate me. You look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 1. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1, it says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Imitate me, he says, and he says, just like how I imitate the Lord Jesus Christ. If you turn to Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 1, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 1, it says, be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children. Be imitators of God as dearly loved children. You put all of these verses together. Apostle Paul says, imitate me because I imitate the Lord Jesus Christ. Follow my example because it is the example laid before me by the Lord Jesus Christ. Imitate the Lord Jesus. And what does it mean by that? You know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, he talks about the example of Timothy. And becoming an imitator of Christ, I believe there, means to become a person of influence. Because it was the Lord Jesus who influenced Apostle Paul. It was Paul who influenced young Timothy. And it was young Timothy who influenced a lot of churches. You know, when we become imitators of the Lord Jesus Christ, until the coming of the Lord or when he takes me away from his presence, let us learn to influence people that are there in our church. Let us learn to influence people that are there in our church. There are so many young Timothys that are there in our church. 
And God has placed me in his play, in this church, in this place. Why? So that I can influence other people. You look at what Apostle Paul, the phrase that he uses here in verse 17, in the last part, he will remind you of my way of life in Christ Jesus. My way of life in Christ Jesus. And he takes it one step further and he says, this is that way of life that I agree with and that I teach in every church that I go to. And that way of life is becoming a person of influence. Because that is exactly what the Lord Jesus Christ did. There were many people following him and he taught them. And out of all of those people, he chose the twelve. Out of the twelve, one betrayed, but one more was added. And the word of God states that these twelve apostles turned the entire world upside down. He influenced them to go out and live their lives. Even if it meant giving up their life for the gospel. And you and I very clearly know history teaches us that the 12 disciples of the Lord Jesus met with a horrible death. Apostle Paul was influenced by the Lord Jesus and you look at how he lived his life. He influenced Timothy. Who are you and I influencing today? How many people can look at my life as a minister in the Lord Lord Jesus Christ in the church and say, I am influenced by him. How many people do you and I spend time with in prayer in, in, in mentoring, in teaching God's word, in convicting of sin, so that we influence them in their relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And we also teach them that our life on this earth is short. And our life on this earth is not meant to spend time making more money, but only thinking about pleasing the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, here it says that Paul influenced this young man, Timothy, and the last known written letter of Apostle Paul is 2 Timothy. And if you turn to 2 Timothy chapter 4, you look at what Apostle Paul talks about death as an example. First, 2 Timothy chapter 4 verses 6, 7 and 8. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verses 6, 7 and 8. For I am already being poured out like a drink, like a drink offering, And the time has come for my departure. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness. That God will give. Which the Lord the righteous judge will award me on that day. And not only to me. But also to all who long for his appearing. Imagine Timothy reading these last few uh, words of Apostle Paul. And you look at how Apostle Paul influences him to think about death. Imagine the encouragement that is to this young man, Timothy. He's telling Timothy, Timothy, my time has come to die. But you know what? When I die, I will go into the judgment seat of Christ. Because that's the next step for all born-again believers. And he says, when I stand there, I know that the Lord will give me the crown of life, which is my reward. Not only to me, but to everybody who longs for the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. Timothy... You are also going to come there one day. And what happens to me is going to happen to you as well. And that is how Apostle Paul was an example, an influence to Timothy throughout his Christian life, even unto death. What about you and what about me, my dear friends? How do I think of death? How do I prepare for death? By becoming an imitator of the Lord Jesus Christ. By being a person of influence in Calvary Bible Fellowship. You know, even before Ruby and I joined CBF, 
we've heard so much of testimony about how sarah mama was an influence to so many people in this church and when the lord saw it fitting to call her home he did and it did grieve us but until that time the lord called her home all that we've heard people tell about her in church is that she was a person of influence amen she indeed was she touched so many lives here and we see those lives in calvary bible fellowship what about you and what about me our time on this earth is short my dear friends and our time here is not meant to be placed so that you and i will make a little more money you and i will live a little more comfortable life you and i will think about our life no it's to work for the lord jesus christ it's to go out and share the gospel it's to build his kingdom it's to grow it's to teach it's to encourage it's to build so that together as a church when we stand in the presence of god we know all the pain that we had to go through and the fruits that we will see for the labor that we give to the lord on the day of his judgment so what do we look at today in relation to that as we review the three points can i ask that important question again have you ever thought about the day that you would die but 10 years back it was said that when you reach 80 or 90 years old then only at an old age you die but today young people as 25 years old get heart attack and they pass away you and i would never know when death would come upon us death is a absolute surety until the coming of the lord and if you and i were to die today have we ever prepared ourselves for it can you and i boldly state and say if i today if i die today i have absolutely no remorse i have no regret there is nothing i have to worry about no unfinished business i can actually boldly state that what about you what should i think of death think of the example of the lord jesus because jesus was the only person born just to die every single day he kept reminding himself i am drawing closer to the cross and i know that i draw, draw closer to die for the sins of the entire world jesus died in the flesh but he was made alive by the spirit do you and i date do do you and i die daily in our flesh do you do you and i die to the sins the habitual sins that haunt us that prevents us from coming to our church meetings the excuses that you and i make in order to attend any activity of church do you and i say daily that i die to gossip to pornography to laziness to excuses to any any attribute of my physical flesh can you and i say that i will die to these things every single day i will fight that battle until the coming of the lord why should i think of death because it allows me to focus on that which is permanent not on that which is temporary and for the sake of the church for the sake of the gospel for the sake of the growth of my spiritual life i will go through all physical ailments i will be hungry thirsty i might not have money i might have to sacrifice i might desire to be at home and rest but i would rather be out and talk about the lord jesus christ i do all these things because my focus is that which is eternal and how do i think of death i become an imitator of the lord jesus just like how jesus influenced paul paul influenced timothy timothy influenced the church you and i will become imitators of the lord jesus christ we will show them the way of life in christ jesus that apostle paul taught every church that he went to and that way of life is to become a person of influence that until the day of the lord jesus christ comes or i die that i will influence people in my church i will teach them how they 
can receive death into their life. I will teach them what it means to grow in the Lord Jesus Christ. That people will look at me. That I will look at someone. And together we will help build each other. Until the day that you and I die. Isn't it going to be wonderful? The day when the Lord Jesus Christ comes and when you and I die. Can we smile? You and I will be together, right? Forever and ever and ever and ever. Wow. That day will never ever end. Every single day we will see each other. But until that day comes, or if our life is taken away from this world, can we live for the glory of God? And if there's any of my friend who's come here, or if anybody is listening to this message for the very first time, can I invite you to ask yourself that important question. If your relationship is right with the Lord, probably you've been coming to church for a long time, or probably you're hearing this message for the long time, but can I ask you a question? Are you sure about where you would go if you die today? Would you go to the place that God has created called heaven? Because that is the place that God will call all of his born-again believing children into his presence one day. If you've never received the Lord Jesus Christ into your life, can I invite you to receive the Lord Jesus? And all you need to do wherever you're sitting right now is to say, Lord, I'm sorry that I've committed sin. I ask for your forgiveness. Would you forgive me? Would you make me your child? The word of God says to those who call upon the name of the Lord, to them he has given them the privilege to be called his children. And that is the awesome gift that the word of God has given to us. To us believers, can we go home today? Can we get down on our knees? Can we sit with our spouse in our family prayer? Can we talk about death? Can we tell them that if death comes, there is nothing that we need to worry about? Why? Because when I go from this world, when I am departing, I will be in the presence of the Lord. And when that comes upon you and to me, it will grieve us for a short period of time. But the word of God assures that we will see each other in His presence. And that's a joy and that is a comfort for you and for me. And until that day comes, let us live with the understanding that life on this world is very short. Life on this world is not meant to live to satisfy our earthly desires. Life on this world is not meant so that you and I can build on our future 10 years and 20 years from now. But it is to live at the moment, treating every day as if it would be the last. Until death do us part. Shall we pray? Our gracious God, we want to thank you that you are the example for us. Why? Because you came, you died, and you rose again. The Bible teaches us that if Christ had not, rise, uh, had not risen from the dead, then the gospel that we preach is useless. Our faith is futile. But we thank you, we praise you that we worship a God who rose again on the third day, who is living in the presence of our Lord. Lord, teach us to number our days. We are foolish and we pray for a heart of wisdom. Lord, you will call us home one day. Either you will come and receive us or you will call us. Would you prepare us for that day, Father? Enable us not to grieve, but enable us to be strong. Enable us to think about the day we would die, Father. Enable us to think of your example, how you lived your life every single day thinking of death. Enable us to focus on that which is eternal, not on that which is temporary. Enable us to become influential people in church. 
to become imitators of the lord jesus christ to help others grow in their relationship with the lord and father lord if you are to return today what a joy what a joy it would be for us to be in your presence but if you are to tarry for one more day we pray that you would give us the grace the wisdom and the strength that we need to live every day of our life thank you lord that there is now no condemnation for us who are in christ jesus thank you father for hearing our prayer for it is in your precious name we ask and we pray thank you jobin